<laughs> I beat you to it today. Oh, episode 12. It feels back. like episode 112. Yeah. Um, big topic today. The keto diet. Keto. Well, keto. Well, keto. All things keto. All things keto. We're going to answer all your questions. Going to try and break it down nice and keep it nice and simple for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've delved into this diet for a little while as well. So I'll um, recount some personal experiences. Nice. So what, what's your what initial verdict on keto with your oh, experiments? It depends what you're doing it for. It's, like it's got so many different purposes and, and people are doing it for heaps of different reasons. I used it purely for sort of weight loss and energy and I had some good results. Hmm. But we'll, we'll go into it in a little while. Yeah, definitely. Keto is like the um, CrossFit of the diet community, I reckon. The, the, it's a cult? <laughs> it's Yeah, it's <laughs> becoming that way. Yeah. Um, so you're saying... I guess, yeah, people are kind of either pro-keto or anti-keto. I can hear all the CrossFit people now. I'm, I'm kidding, CrossFit people. Oh, we love world. you too. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were going to say that you always know how someone's doing CrossFit because they tell you. Like, well, that's exactly it with keto. Yeah, it is. They've overtaken vegans as well, I think. <laughs> um, keto, keto, people on the keto diet, they cop a lot of shit for some reason. It's like, I don't know why the... the uh, we just lost a, a light, Hal. Um I don't know why the fitness community does that. It's like, if you're doing anything different to me, it's wrong. You guys are wrong. The yeah. People do it in training as well. Like you're powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit. Well, we're the all thing, in the same. Just, we're the all thing about together. your diet is, you know, it becomes basically part of your identity, you know? Yeah. Um, Isn't that funny how that does happen? Like, No matter what your diet is, like, you know, you want to defend it because you don't want to be looking like you're doing the wrong things. Or the, yeah. And, you know, like if you... Um, you know, criticize somebody's diet. You're criticizing their lifestyle. It's true. Yeah, it's a good point. I I know, I know when I was doing it, I was pretty like I was a bit of uh, an advocate for it. I was telling people all the positives, but there are some negatives as well. Yeah, and well, maybe you ignore that while you're doing it yourself. And um, yeah. yeah, so that's why you know we're gonna try and give a bit of an unbiased view on keto here today. Yep. I've, I've also experimented quite a bit with keto. Yep, I was actually uh, in a real experiment, a clinical trial. I was a patient. Tell us about it. Um, so 12 weeks eating a, a low-carb diet. I didn't actually measure keto um, production, and we'll talk about measuring ketones and things in a bit, but during that um, that 12-week period. And um, basically, it was this assessed the uh, effect of a keto diet on maximal strength. Ooh. So um, <laughs> conclusion, I got leaner, but my strength stayed roughly the same. Did it? Yeah. There you go. That's a good result. Yeah, it's a good result. But after 12 weeks of training, you expect to get stronger. So, uh, But while you're getting leaner? But there's a lot of things that can affect it, you know, mm. because uh, I wasn't on a pure keto diet. My protein was pretty high. And, um, yeah, right. Um, you know, when it comes to maximal strength, sometimes it's in your mood. It's your music that can affect it when, you know, when you're talking about one rep maxes. Uh, yeah, true. It's a lot of factors. Depends. So we should probably kick off by telling people what is keto or what is a keto diet yeah what is keto so um you know keto is a state of nutritional ketosis yeah so um it's when your body runs on these things called ketone bodies or ketones um basically there are three ways to get into keto you know you can um your body can switch to ketogenesis um you know if you're fasting for like if you don't eat food for two or three days your body will automatically start switching to ketogenesis and start to efficiently use some of the fat that you have stored. The second way is a keto diet. Keto diet is what, you know, everybody thinks is is keto, as this is the most commonly 
used, uh, you know, people use keto and ketosis interchangeably, but ketosis is something happening in your body when you're producing these ketones. And keto diet is, or lifestyle is, you know, this diet that supports the production of these ketones. How is it different to any other diet? So a keto diet is specifically high in fat, right? So we're talking approximately 70% of your calories, your energies coming from fat, D- different types of fat. Good, good fats, Hal. Yeah, not, not just. We'll, we'll talk about what. <laughs> it's what t- it is though. tough. It yeah. is tough. But um. Yeah. So seventy seventy-five percent fat. Yes, and maybe roughly about twenty percent protein, uh-huh. and about ten percent carbs with sugar. So very little carbs and sugar. Seventy percent, not seventy-five. Oh yeah. That, well, that, well, that, that would have gone to one hundred and five. It actually, it's very different for different people. So there's no one size fit all fits all to keto. Yeah, uh, there's like modified keto diets with slightly different macronutrient sort of ratios, but um, that's the, the guideline as to yeah. sort of a, a rough macro plan for keto. And, you know, why would you eat this fatty diet that seems counterintuitive? Yeah, why, why fat instead of carbs? Like we all know carbs are obviously the body's preferred source of energy. Um, why, why fat? Why, so, why are we removing carbs and bringing fat in? What's, what's the advantages there? The main advantage of keto diet is metabolic flexibility. Um, so uh, it means, you know, you're, you're switching um, your, your energy systems to, to run off this uh, little, uh, little ketone bodies, little organic molecules that are being produced by ketosis. Um, this can have a number of advantages, you know, um, some people view it as um, a key way to improve athletic performance. And another probably more well-known benefit is weight loss, you know, keto diet can make you lose weight pretty efficiently if you do it correctly and there's people in the so the medical and the health world that are they're utilizing keto diet for things like epilepsy and yeah so um, anti anti-inflammatory style diet yeah exactly so keto diet has been you know prescribed by physicians since the 70s um for specific metabolic and uh you know specific conditions like epilepsy yeah, it's but been around for a long time. I think people, a lot of people don't understand that. It's, um, yeah, the keto diet has, it's not just sort of a latest trend. It's been around for forever. Yeah, it's been around since even like the 20s, I think. Uh, How is it different to the Atkins diet, which, which is um, a very low-carb diet as well? Is it just that macronutrient, They're more fat, less protein? or? Yeah, so uh, the difference between an Atkins diet and a keto diet is, you know, Atkins is just low-carb. Mm-hmm. So um, that means less restriction on protein. So 70% of your diet doesn't need to come from fat. A lot of it can come from protein. Mm-hmm. So um, with keto, you have to actually be quite conscious of um, having too much protein because it's going to throw you out of ketosis. Yeah, so how, how can protein throw you out of ketosis as well? Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, before we touch on that, yeah. I forgot to mention the third way you can get into ketosis. You did, yes. Go and ahead. that is supplemental ketones. Ah. So you can take these um, special ketone, exogenous ketones, and that can actually shift your body into um, ketosis mode. And do they always work for everyone? Um, they might not necessarily put you into um, the correct... Uh, uh molar range of ketones floating around but there's also um um it also depends on how adapted you are to a keto diet and you know some people have been experimenting with carbs and key and exogenous ketones seems counterintuitive because keto is a low carb diet but um from a performance enhancing aspect so protein yes yes so um <laughs> protein can actually throw you out of ketosis because um too much protein um causes your body to undergo this um process called gluconeogenesis and what that means is your body actually converts 
certain amino acids from protein into sugar mm-hmm. in your body. So, um, you know, if your glycogen is too low and your glucose is too low, then your body can convert something like glutamine into glucose. Mm-hmm. And is, just, that a, is that an efficient pathway for energy production or? Um, it, it's, a, it's a pretty efficient pathway. Okay. And um, obviously, you know, everybody's uh, metabolism works quite differently depending on what you eat regularly. And, um, you know, somebody that's keto adapted might be a bit more resistant to having a bit extra protein than somebody who's very insulin um, resistant, like, you know, uh, a diabetic, for example, uh, having some protein might uh, um, shift you into this gluconeogenesis mode in the absence of um, other carbs. Yeah. So you take carbs out of, well, pretty much removing a lot of the carbs out of your diet, and then your body needs to create an energy source for the the brain and everything like that so yep. it's so it produces these ketones right yep. how, how does it produce these ketones where are they made and yeah so um you know i'm a chemist so technically the ketones that you produce aren't all ketones you know um there's three three main ones you need to focus on acetate uh oh, sorry acetone which is exactly you know nail polish remover your body produces this that's a ketone <laughs> acetyl uh, acetoacetate which is you know this uh, other ketone and then beta hydroxybutyrate also known as BHB. And that's what we, they use in a lot of the supplements now. Exactly. But technically, BHB is not a ketone. It's, right. um, it's an acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so is your, how, where, where in the body is, are these ketones made? Is it, is it? Yeah. So um, these ketones are made in your liver. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, depending on um, your energy requirements, your body can produce these, these ketones specifically. Um, it makes these from fat. Right. From, and there's two sources of fat your stored body fat or dietary fat. Right. So, you know, that's kind of, kind of puts the keto diet into perspective, right? So you get this dietary fat, you got your body fat, and your liver can convert this two types of fat into these three ketones, which you can use as an energy source. You can think of ketones as another energy source, just like protein, carbs, fat, ethanol, or alcohol, you know, all, all of these are energy sources. Let's forget about alcohol. Because <laughs> we'll get it's Hal's over there licking his lips. Yeah. So as soon as you said alcohol, <laughs> so was like, oh, my preferred energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so the problem is, you know, fat has a lot of energy in it, but it's very difficult for your body to transport fat around because fat is not water soluble, right? It needs these transport proteins and things. So when your body converts fat to ketones, ketones are water soluble, so they're really readily available throughout your body to use energy. A lot of the energy that your body uses to keep you alive is goes to your brain, right? And ketones can efficiently fuel this as well. Right. Yeah. So with with the limiting of carbs and the production of, of, of ketones, like the, I guess then one of the core principles of the keto diet is to make your body super efficient at utilizing fat for energy. Yeah. And does that take a while or does that happen instantly? Like is there an adaptation process or yeah typically it takes around one to two weeks to um become keto adapted as they say mm-hmm. and that's when your body is efficiently running on this and converting dietary fat and body fat into ketones to use so one to two weeks of, of a keto diet what happens if i just accidentally binge on a big carbohydrate meal is that instantly throwing me out of ketosis um for a lot of people it will but if for somebody who's keto adapted say if you've been on a keto diet for months 
you could have hundreds of grams of carbohydrates potentially and not throw you out of ketosis. Especially someone that's athletic and training a lot as well. And that can speed the body up getting into ketosis as well, can't it? Like the amount of training that you're doing and the energy expenditure, obviously. Yeah, so um, there's an interesting relationship between ketosis and fueling sports performance. Um, I'm sure we're going to touch on it soon, but yeah. Yeah. The... Um, with the, the difference between the keto diet and the low carb diet, I know whenever I've done a low carb diet, generally it's sort of it's it's generally a higher protein diet and and moderate fats. I, I feel flat, very flat. Whereas with the keto diet, if I was getting enough fats, I actually felt energized. I think that's one of the advantages that the keto diet has over a strict low carb diet. A lot of people do complain when they're on a low carb diet. I'm just saps for energy and then yeah. I'm getting all these carb cravings. and You get that 3 p.m. crash. I think it's attributed to probably not enough fat intake because if you're taking the carbs out of your diet, you have to replace that energy source with something. You don't really want it to be protein. You obviously want that for muscle growth and recovery and immunity and things. So, yeah, yeah I think that's one of the... Well, so um, what the advantage of a keto diet is, is this metabolic flexibility, right? So, you know, our bodies on a typical diet, we're adapted to these constant carb refeeds right and um this every time you have carbs or even protein it triggers um you know an insulin response uh, so if you're overweight um or diabetic you know um they say 50 percent of the u.s population is either diabetic or pre-diabetic which is insane that's crazy yeah uh, it, it causes something called insulin resistance so um insulin causes glucose to go into your cells and if you're insulin resistance you have to drop your carb levels even further to get into the state of ketosis so um you know but when you are in the state of ketosis you're metabolically flexible so you're not getting these these same spikes that you're seeing with carb refeeds and protein so you're maintaining blood sugar levels and yeah but it's not a cookie cutter approach so you know like when people say um go on a low carb diet you're going to keto ketosis it might take even lower amount of carbs for somebody who's a bit overweight to to get into ketosis i guess so I guess this is a pretty scary concept for anyone that hasn't delved into into keto and knows nothing about it. Like suddenly the majority of your macronutrients are coming from fat and they're thinking, well, every time I've eaten, I've been told to stay away from fat forever. Um, what, like, what, what, people are probably scared that they're eating fat and they're mm. going to store it as body fat. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah, so, um, you know, eating fat is just an energy source. Well, um, you know, and even eating cholesterol is not necessarily the link between dietary cholesterol and, you know, your blood cholesterol levels is, is still not that clear. You know, people thought eat cholesterol is going to give you high cholesterol. But the same thing happens with the keto diet, you know. Um, historically, advice has been to, you know, avoid a lot of fats because, you know, fats are energy dense and then you'll eat less, um, um, you know, less calories throughout the day. But um, fat is actually, you know, highly satiating and fills you up and can shift you to all these, uh, you know, metabolic advantages that seem kind of counterintuitive, but eating more fat, you're going to lose fat, you know, yeah. um, to a lot of people that is a bit of a mismatch, but. And then I guess it's something important to note, like fat does have more, more calories per gram yeah. than, than carbohydrates. So you probably overall will be consuming less food density than what you're used to. Yeah. So, so our, our pyramid of nutrition still applies. So, you know, the base, if you remember is, um, total calorie intake that doesn't just because you're on keto on a keto diet that doesn't mean that doesn't apply the calories still apply above that is your macronutrient level and this is where you're playing with in your 
in, your, in a keto diet. You know, a typical diet might be like 70% carbs, 20% protein, 10% fat or something. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're flipping that on its head and you're getting 70% fat, um, 20% protein, 10% carbs. Yeah, so calories in versus calories out still applies. And I know a lot of people that have done the keto diet and yeah. not losing weight as rapidly as they wanted, they're, they're, they're basically overeating calories yeah. still. So you still have to monitor calories. Yep. You're just shifting the macronutrient sort of ratio. Yeah, so on the question of you know health and uh, if, you're, um, you know, if you have some underlying heart conditions and things like that, you know, we're not trying to give medical advice over here. No. So um, you, know, you should really consult a healthcare professional if you do have uh, you know, any, anything with your liver, your kidney, or, or heart health. Check with your doctor first. Yeah, but it's, it's generally safe, but it's always recommended to, to get a bit of a health checkup first. Always. You mentioned um, cholesterol because that's one thing that a lot of people sort of worried about when yep. they're consuming high amounts of fat. and So you, you said there's not a huge link or the new well, studies have shown that there's Well, there a is a link, but the link is not clear. Yeah. Right. So, and, but there is effects on cholesterol and uh, yep. there has been some studies that shown that it actually improves the good cholesterol. Yeah. Do you uh, agree, disagree? Have you seen anything about that recently? Yeah, so um, you know, there's, there's a view that um, having good fat you know uh, lots of polyunsaturated fatty acids lots lots of good um lowly processed saturated fat can have these beneficial effects on cholesterol because cholesterol is you know made from fat <laughs> yeah. Boiled, yeah boiled egg whites do that help cholesterol is that a myth that, well that's the myth yeah. that's that's yeah. the old wives tale of you know dietary cholesterol which is high in the egg yolk yeah, people used to avoid the oaks, the, the yolk, oaks, the yolk <laughs> because of because of that. It's the best part. It is the best part. Yeah, exactly. And that anyone that asks, um, eat the whole egg. Yeah, I mean, there's there's heaps of beneficial nutrients in the yolk itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, yeah, everything. It's, everything. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, it it well, it is high in, well, higher in cholesterol than that the egg white. So you know, typical advice in the past has been you know. If you have high cholesterol, you shouldn't be having food high, foods mm. that are high in cholesterol. So we've shifted to this keto diet. We're, we're taking in mainly fats. What, what sort of fats are we, are we aiming to, to work with? Like so, this yeah, so the main fats that you want to get in. What was that? Trans fats are the best fats. <laughs> Trans fats are certainly not the best fats. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, polyunsaturated unsaturated fatty acids. So, you know, you're talking like avocados, olive oil, yep. um, fatty fish, um, coconut the, oil or your the, good oils yeah that's that's the best source of fat and mm-hmm. you know um, um, saturated fat is tricky because a lot of saturated fat out there is highly processed and removed of these uh, um, good nutrients and uh, and things like that you know typically the more processed the food is the less nutrient dense it is um, unrefined saturated fat like coconut oil is is a good energy source when you're on the keto diet mm. yep and then you know for people like, wait, so you're saying I can have butter, bacon, and things like that, and this is, is healthy? Well, you know, you should still be conscious of, of what you're eating because, you know, even bacon has um, all these other um, things in there like sodium nitrate. I think that's the, one of the main appealing things to people when they first start a keto diet. It's like, oh, bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning. and ba- Bacon's a processed meat. Yeah. Like, I mean, you still have to eat healthy. There's still some health principles that apply to this diet. Yeah. But uh, one thing I did struggle with in the beginning was actually getting enough fats from different fat sources. Yeah. Um, avocados became my 
go-to thing and coconut oil and things. Add, I mean, it might be just utilising a bit of coconut oil on top of a salad or cooking with a certain type of oil. Or Yeah, yeah. There, there are ways to, um, to get fats, with not just by sort of eating like fat food. Yeah, exactly. I mean, oils are typically the, the, the main way you'll include this into the diet. But remembering our permit, so you've got mac- your calories, your macronutrients. Above that is your micronutrients, you know. Whenever you're changing food groups in your diet, you have to be quite conscious about removing lots of uh, micronutrients. And, you know, you might be eating less vegetables and things like that on a keto diet, but you should still focus on getting sufficient vegetables because you need these vitamins and minerals. And, you know, on a keto diet, the one thing you typically can't have is fruit. Yeah, Fruit is pretty high in sugar, pretty high in carbs. Although it's a good source of vitamins, it's most likely going to throw you out of ketosis. So we're aiming for sort of low-calorie fibrous veggies, green, leafy greens and things like that where they're they're not too energy-dense and they're not going to throw you out of ketosis, but you still need them for micronutrients and fiber and all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, and remember, fiber is really important. It it has um, a lot of effect on filling up satiety, but also, you know, your gut health. And if you watch the last episode, gut health is super important. Yeah, And, and you mentioned satiety there, like... That, that was one of the appealing things about this uh, keto diet when I was doing it. The, the consumption of fat, you actually, it makes you feel full. Like yeah. you are feeling fuller than if I ate a carbohydrate meal. I felt like I was ready to eat again in another hour, hour and a half. But with this, it's, yeah, you, you are feeling fuller for longer. So Yeah, so a, a, a good structured keto diet will mean you're not actually counting your calories, you know. You might be in a calorie deficit and be losing weight, but you might, you sh- typically you shouldn't be, um, you know, counting your overall um, daily calories with a well-structured keto diet. You know, when it's a well-structured diet, it becomes your lifestyle, mm. you know. So you should also, you know, in addition to these fats, you should be looking at leafy greens, asparagus, cucumber, celery, tomatoes, mushrooms, things like that. Things you can't eat, fruit we touched on, grains, you know, anything that, anything with grains is most likely, um, you know, going to be high in carbs and throw you out. Breads, rice, pastas, all that sort of stuff. Breads, Stay rice, away from it. starchy, starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes. Yep. Um, would you say that the keto diet would be good for celiacs because they can't have too much fiber anyway? Um, much? Well, well, celiacs avoid gluten specifically. Yeah. So, you know, on a keto diet, you're very likely to avoid foods that are high in gluten. So it, it's going to very likely have a beneficial effect there. So we're, we've done this diet. We're two weeks in. How do we know if we're in ketosis or not? Well, the best way is to measure your blood ketones. And there's a few different ways you can measure, right? Yeah, there are a few different ways. Um, you know, you could um, do a little blood prick measurements. Um, similar to what sort of... Yeah, similar to what diabetics, diabetics do. Yep, or you can get these little keto strips where you, you pee on it. And um, they're actually pretty accurate. <laughs> like you can get these from like chem- Chemist Warehouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sell little packs of 50 or whatever at Chemist Warehouse. You can pick cool. them up. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what's a good level of ketones, right? Um, so, you know, it, these numbers are going to mean nothing to you if, you've, uh, if you don't know what you're looking for, right? So something good is 0.5 to 3 um, millimoles of ketones, right? So, um, um, you know, um, that's what it's measuring. Molds um, is a concentration. Okay, like so, so the yeah. strips pick these up, these measurements up. They have those yeah. on them. So, in yeah. total, total amount of ketones in your body. Or well, millimoles per liter of what you're okay. you're yeah, you're peeing onto this yeah. onto this thing, right? So, you know, a moderate carbohydrate diet will have you at less than 0.1 millimoles per liter, right? Um, 
knowing that you're into ketosis, a, a good range of ketosis on a very low carb diet will have you in the 0.5 to 3 millimolar per liter range. So 0.5 to 3 is a good range, you know? Once you go below 0.5, that's when you're thrown out of ketosis, you know? Right. Um, too many or too much. Too much. Um, so anything that's double figures is pretty bad. So, um, you know, 10 to 20 plus means you're actually um, suffering from something called ketoacidosis, which is something that diabetics can fall into. And it's actually, um, you know, uh, a very... Uh, very bad state to be in because uh, basically it's uh, your body shutting down. So that's you know, too, that's too many ketones. Like that's yeah, that you've if, gone too if, hard. If you're going to ke- um, ketoacidosis, you're going to have insulin insufficiency and your body's not going to function very well at all. How do you right. counteract that? Just carbs. A lo- um, yeah, well, typically they'd give somebody glucose, but this is you, you typically need to be in a diseased state. To, to get there, um, it'd be tough to get there. A lot of people struggle to get into ketosis and stay there just yeah. at the uh, with this diet. So, so if you think about it like a tenfold approach, you know, point one, point three, that's a typical. That's your typical, um, you know, ketones floating around. For for most people, it's going to be even less than point one. Ten times that, you know, point five to three, that is that's the ketone range. Ten times that, you know, ten to twenty ish. That's when you're getting into dangerous ketone level. So, so okay, we've tested. We're in ketosis. There's, yeah. and I know a few people have complained. And I used to complain as well. I could tell when I was sort of in ketosis or getting close. I'd get like a real acidic sort of metallic-y taste in my mouth. Yeah. So, well, do you know what that is? That's the ketones. So, right. um, in, in chemistry, ketones tend to have a nice odor, and you know, a lot of perfumes and things like that are actually made from ketones. Really? Yeah, ketones and esters. Yeah. Mm. So uh, it's it, it's really um, the beta hydroxybutyrate, which has a, a funny, funky uh, little taste to it. So after a while, I think people test in the beginning, and then after a while, you 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 generally get a feel for when you're in ketosis. You can you can notice some of the benefits, which we'll go into some of the benefits shortly. Yeah. Um, what about keto flu? Well, the, what? that's talked about a lot. Yeah, in the beginning, yeah. as you as you sort of shift away from carbs and onto fats, and a lot of people complain about the they they get like flu like symptoms in the beginning of it, and they don't last long. Yeah, but I don't so know. It, it's not actually the flu. No, uh, it's not coronavirus either. So <laughs> oh, the, you, you you don't actually catch a virus like the flu. You know, influenza is not related to to, to keto ketosis and ketogenic diet. What it is are these flu like symptoms which you're talking about. And that's the keto adaptation phase. So um, what's happening is um, another very important consideration we shouldn't talk about. You know, mm. we talked about vitamins, fiber, macronutrients. We didn't talk about electrolytes or minerals. Yeah, true. That's, it's an important point because that's a, another thing that people ask me a lot about is, um, is the electrolytes. Yeah. So, so you're, not, you're not actually the intake of your sodium. All, all, that, all the electrolytes, the intake is, is generally not as high. Yeah. Um, so what do you, do you need to supplement with electrolytes and what, what's the reasoning behind yeah. having to consume electrolytes? So often when you switch to a keto diet, you're cutting out foods that are quite salty. You know, carbs are often pretty salty because, um, you know, to make them taste good. Right. Yeah. Um, but what's also happening is when you're in nutritional ketosis is your kidneys become much more efficient at getting rid of salts. Right. right? So it actually processes, um, you know, sodium, potassium a lot more efficiently, um, through this um, nutritional ketosis, and what happens is when you ha- when you're low in sodium, you can get this light lightheadedness, this nausea, this flu-like symptoms, 
It's often due to, um, you know, uh, low sodium levels. Right. Yeah. And that could be another reason that people f- sort of feel flat on the keto diet as well. When, th- when they're adapting to it. Yeah. So, right. Um, and that's, that's hypothesized as one of the main reasons of the, the keto flu. But, you know, also, uh, well, the keto flu, um, you know, also is, you know, while you're adapting these energy systems, there is this change of how, how you're actually getting your energy from food, which could be perceived as, uh, you know, um, driving a manual from when you've only driven automatics. Yeah, true. Good analogy. Yeah. So, um, so consuming so, or sipping on some electrolytes throughout the day would help. Masashi new product electrolytes. Yep. Shameless plug there. Coming out soon. <laughs> um, the other two electrolytes beyond sodium are potassium and magnesium, right? So if, you, if you're getting some cramps and things like that when you switch to keto, a keto diet, that's kind of a good indication that you're um, low in electrolytes. Can you eat bananas on a keto diet? No, a, a banana will throw you out of ketosis typically. So um, unless you're very well keto adapted, you can handle it. But, you know, it'll throw you out from the 0.5 to 3 millimole per liter range. It'll, okay. it'll, it'll, it'll shift you out. Banana's Where pretty much your daily allowance of carbs on a keto diet. I love bananas. I think yeah. <laughs> Where else can you get potassium then from a, in, your, in a basic diet without supplementing? Um, foods that are high in potassium. Potatoes? You can't eat potatoes on keto. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Damn. No, there's, there's some vegetables that are high in potassium. Uh, uh, back yeah, we'll yeah, put a link. Up. We'll put a link up. Yeah, I don't actually know off the top of my head, but uh, I just take this electrolyte mix. So yeah, it's yeah. probably easier. Like, is intra workout high in potassium? Uh, inter- intra workout, massage intra workout does have Sweet. some potassium in there. Cool. So we, we touched on the benefits and um, probably my favorite benefit we actually didn't touch on. So you've got the benefit of, of weight loss and some people tend to lose weight more efficiently on a, on a keto diet um, because of, I don't know, their ability to process metabolized carbs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so weight loss is one benefit. You've got your sort of anti-inflammatory style benefits that people have reported. Um, and another thing that I really experienced and this is why I was keen on the keto diet was... The mental focus and clarity, the yeah, you feel like you are supercharged mm. constantly. Um, for me, wasn't I feel like that a lot of the time anyway? But um, it it took it into overdrive, and it actually, yeah, I was constantly sort of alert and focused and energized, and I found that great. Yeah, so um, you know, your, your brain runs pretty efficiently when you're on a, a keto diet. Um, is is that because it prefers ketones over? Um, well, it's, uh, it's a complicated topic or there's a, a bit more research to be done, but, um, um, one of the hypotheses is that it, it runs very efficiently on these, uh, on these ketones and, you know, uh, on, on the ATP that you're generating from these ketones, right? right? So, um, you know, everything comes back to, to ATP, your body's energy currency. You know, if you don't have ATP for, um, a, a short time, you'll die, right? So typically you're getting your ATP from, um, you know, this carbohydrate pathway that a lot of people um, use, you know, this glucose um, pyruvate thing. But um, when you're in a ketogenic pathway, this, um, ketosis, um, you're converting these ketones to ATP pretty efficiently. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a good source of fuel for your brain. So if someone's eating carbs and they sort of, after the meal, they feel a bit slow or sluggish or bloated, yeah. or is this a good diet for them, for people like that to try or... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good diet to um, experiment with. Um, you know, they, they did actually measure um, people's perceived mental sharpness on a keto diet versus a non. And it's something that's very, very hard to measure, but uh, 
they didn't seem to find any significant difference. But yeah, uh, I know when I'm on it, I do also feel this perceived uh, sharpness, you know, not this uh, 3 p.m. fog, but something that's very, very hard to measure. Yeah. And that um, was probably one of the main reasons that I that I tried it. Every time I'd eat a carb meal, I'd feel like I was going to fall asleep, it, regardless of how big or small the amount of carbohydrates was that I was eating. So I guess it's, again, same as everything. It's different for every individual. I know some people that can eat bucket loads of carbs and, and feel amazing, yeah. like you, Hal. Yeah, boy. So, <laughs> so, so the, the ketones themselves, these um, beta-hydroxybutyrate and thing, they actually act as signal molecules in your body, almost like, like hormones, if you think of it. Um, so it can talk to our genes and it can actually protect us from oxidative stress, you know, like free radicals and things like that. So, um, and these, um, you know, this is where a lot of the health benefits come from, you know, protect you from oxidative stress and inflammation. So, um, you know, this could potentially have some kind of effect on your brain as well. Nice. Yeah. It's worth trying for anyone. Um, is it sustainable long-term? Yeah. So, it, uh, <laughs> yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So ketosis is a healthy metabolic state. You know, you can stay in ketosis for days, weeks, months, years. So your body can decades. handle it? Can people's mind handle it? Your body can handle it, but, you know, can you handle a keto diet for that long? Surely you get used to it. After 21 days, it, like pretty much anything becomes a habit. Yeah, yeah you do. You de definitely do get used to it. But over over time, it can be... It's it's tough. I it's think tough to stick to. Like, I'm not on a ketosis or a keto diet now. Yeah. yeah. And I, for me, I think someone with super high activity level... Um, anyone that's into sports and sports performance, it's going to be really tough to stick to a keto diet long term. I think it, it might be good sort of in the in the short term um, if you need to sort of make weight for a certain event or mm. or you are getting some of those symptoms of carbohydrate. Your body, like when you eat carbohydrates, getting sleepy. It, 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 what it tended to do for me when I came off it, I found that a lot of those previous symptoms that I got from consuming carbohydrates were gone. And I felt like I, I was utilizing those carbohydrates much more efficiently. So this is just bro science, but it feel it honestly felt like it sort of did like a bit of a... Like a carb cleanse. A carb cleanse, carb reset in my body so that now that when I am eating carbs, I'm, I'm utilizing them much more efficiently. cool. Yeah, like that was just personal. I don't know if there's any science behind it. That was just a personal thing I experienced. But yeah, long term, I think for health... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And if you're someone that's got moderate activity levels, yeah. But if, you, if you're training several times a week, two sessions a day or whatever, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. But there's, um, there's a lot of endurance athletes that are getting great results on, um, on the keto diet. That Once they become fat adapted, um, because the fat is a much more sort of dense calorie source, well, they're well, finding they're having some great results. Their performance is one of the top long distance runners in the world is a... Yes. Ultra marathon guys is a keto diet. So, so what happens um, is this metabolic change, right? When you're on a keto diet, and um, you know, so talking about fat loss, we know um, we know a keto diet helps you lose fat, right? Helps you lose weight. Um, but the question is, is this solely due to this calorie restriction, or is it also due to these metabolic changes that are happening, right? So, when you're an endurance athlete, you're running on these ketones, but this means um, you're not limited by glycogen, you know, typically endurance athletes, um, you know, if you're running um, a long distance event, you only have a certain amount of glycogen stored in your body, in your muscle, in your liver. Uh, once you once you get out of this, once you run out of glycogen, you know, every endurance athlete is familiar with hitting the wall, you know, mm. you're literally like out of energy. 
and you, you basically give up, right? And that's the, uh, there's a lot of endurance athletes that rely a lot on carbohydrates as their energy source so that when this glycogen, I always <laughs> say it wrong, um, glycogen does, does run out, because their body is not as adapted at utilizing, utilizing fat for energy, they, are, they do hit this wall and then it's, they struggle from there on in. Yeah. But um, it's so interesting. Yeah, so on a like, keto diet, you know, you've got the stored body fat, you've got your dietary fat. You're not going to run out of stored fat on a keto diet. So you're not going to have the same limit on glycogen. Uh, you know, glycogen converts to glucose, and that's how you feel typically. In ketosis, you're still pumping out these ketones from your liver, right? You're still c- pumping out these ketones that are fueling you at this um, um, this lower level intensity of exercise. They're probably going to be the athletes that are most resistant to trying this diet as well because they've they've lived so long on sort of carb, yeah. instant carb sources before an event and the night before they load up on their pastas and their rice and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So but it's a, it's it's going to be like people are going to be hesitant to try it, but the the benefits are huge for an, especially for an endurance athlete. And some of the best ultra endurance um, athletes in the world um, are on keto diets. So um, it's, it's fascinating, but. Where the keto diet falls short in a lot of sports um, is is that it doesn't support anaerobic activity, you mm-hmm. know? Something slightly higher intensity than these endurance events, you know? Like, um, we'll take the Tour de France, for example, right? Um, if you're on a keto diet, you're going to be really efficient throughout the race, right? But the race isn't won in, in the 99% of the race. It's, you know, those dashes at the end, that yes. sprint. A keto diet is going to be very inferior to carbohydrates as a fuel source for anaerobic fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the other things I was thinking about recently was we were watching Rob Whitaker's fight, and Darren Till has been posting all the stuff about a keto diet. Taking he's been taking keto supplements, blah blah blah. I'm like, man, if this dude is going on a keto diet, he's going to get smoked by Rob because all he's going to be efficient at this low intensity. You know, when you pick it up a gear, you're gonna you're gonna feel flat, but actually. He wasn't on a keto diet when it came to the fight. It was just part of his fight camp. He was experimenting. I think in initially oh. <laughs> he was a, he's a big he's a big big guy, and I know yeah. these guys drop a lot of weight coming into like throughout the fight camp process. So I yeah. think he used that initially in the early stages of his fight camp to drop a bit of weight, yeah, um, to raise his energy levels, and then I think he slowly introduced carbs and normal diet back into the the fight camp. But yeah. we'll touch on that fight later. That was cool. Who's the biggest athlete you can name that's on keto? Um, I don't know. I've never actually looked into... I know a lot of people in the fitness community are, are currently doing keto and rave yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, it's a big... It is a big thing in the fitness yeah. community, but... One of, the, one of the biggest athletes in the world right now is on it. Who's that? Who? LeBron James. LeBron. Is he really? Apparently. No. He swears by it. Really? The yeah. keto diet. There you yeah. go. Interesting. And he is a super athlete. Yeah. I'd be interested to know how long he has been on the keto diet for. And yeah. I'm going to look. I'm going to. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Apparently. I don't know if yeah. it'll be that effective for basketball because you need, you know, well, that's, uh, yeah, anaerobic, this anaerobic um, activity. So, you know. A you, lot never, you never know, though, like, because obviously basketball's just kicked off again. He yeah, might exactly. be just introducing it recently because well, he of. Might have, he, might have, he lost a lot of weight um, in his free agency. Last yeah. year, so right. that might have been, might have just been like an intermittent kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. could have been. He loves it apparently. What about for just your g- average gym goer, guy in the gym trying to put on size, trying to stay lean? They're going to really struggle with the concept of dropping their protein as yeah. well. Is well, a keto diet's probably inferior. Well, definitely inferior for building muscle, building lean mass. 
you know, you're going to need protein, you're going to need carbs. And, you know, to put yourself into this anabolic state, on, on a keto diet, like I said, you have to restrict protein as well. So, you know, if you want to gain optimal lean mass, you're going to have to have higher protein that's, than that's allowed by a keto diet. So do you reckon by dropping protein, that's going to hinder recovery well, it's gonna, and muscle, it's gonna hinder, muscle growth? You're going to lose muscle. It's going to hinder gaining lean mass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it is very efficient for, these, uh, for this um, aerobic activity, you know. What about someone with a, like a really high output yeah. energy expenditure? Can they do like a modified style keto diet with a higher protein intake? Well, you know, a modified keto, there's a lot of these t- kind of diets that float around, you know, paleo diet, even Mediterranean a little bit. Yeah, they're very similar, aren't they? Yeah. When you, it, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a different kind of Mediterranean <laughs> diet. <now. laughs> but basically, um, these modified keto diets are true keto because you're not, if you if you measure your your blood ketones on these diets, you know not going to be in ketosis for a lot of them. You know, paleo, the foundations of it are kind of like a modified keto, but mm. are you truly in ketosis? You know, that's that's where the um, the terms get used interchangeably. You know, modified keto is not keto. You you know, you're either in this keto range or you're not. Um, you know, for a lot of athletes, a keto diet is probably not going to be good just because of these things that we just talked about this anaerobic range right um you know for almost every spot in the olympics i can think of a keto diet is not going to work that well mm. but for your everyday you know person who wants these massive metabolic changes that you're going to get you know it's, it has tremendous effects on your metabolic health inflammation and things like that mm. keto diet does have these these cool benefits yeah and i, I know like i i actually got my mum onto a keto diet a while back she dropped a whole heap of weight same reported the same set sort of um advantages like mental clarity um less sort of digest digestive issues um but i think she got down to a certain weight and she was sort of still dropping weight i'm like okay it might be time to sort of introduce some some carbs back so it can be used sort of intermittently but it's not one of those things where you just do for a week or two like it's going to take a while to become adapted and you've got to give it a good, yeah. I don't know, 10 to 12 week run at least. Yeah. And, you know, specifically relating to insulin and, and insulin sensitivity and things like that, you know, the best way to um, drop your insulin is to not eat food, right? The second best way is to not eat carbs. Mm. So, um, you know, it's going to have these, uh, these short term effects as well by just uh, restricting carbs in general and not, maybe not necessarily being on a full keto diet. What are your overall thoughts about the diet? Like, um, there's some good benefits for, for your metabolism. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a healthy way to live your life, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it might seem counterintuitive, like you said, you know, to eat so much fat, but it's a very healthy way. You can have um, you know very good metabolic health. Um, there's some advantages for your brain, which uh, you know I probably don't know enough about to talk about, which is why I didn't really answer your question too properly. <laughs> right. It's it's complicated. We'll just um, go bro science for that part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's some unclear benefits on longevity. You know, potentially keto diet might make you, you know, live longer. Really? Well, has it, there been some evidence that? Um, well, it, it, it's unclear, but you know, uh, calorie restriction is the number one thing linked to longevity at, right. at the moment so you know by in, inducing this calorie restriction from a keto diet it's gonna it's gonna help um where there's no advantage uh well probably a not very clear advantage is fat loss right you know keto diet versus uh, a calorie restricted diet you're both gonna lose fat yeah 
but you know what's the best tool to achieve this is up to you and you know if you want to improve your insulin sensitivity and you know um restrict carbs without counting carbs i mean restrict calories without counting calories keto diet is going to be good but you know you can lose fat in a number of ways like we talked about on the fat loss episode you know it still comes back down to calories calories in versus calories out and what about um is there any does fat induce any hormonal changes in the body that that might be yeah so um you know having saturated fat's going to be really good for for your sex hormones like testosterone and and things like that but al's ears pricked up again alcohol and sex the two things that he's uh yeah that's that's all i've heard the whole time Uh, he's like okay i'm going after this i'm eating some pizza (laughs) 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 i need some fat (laughs) doesn't work work like that (laughs) um but yeah so there are some hormonal changes and things that that occur but you know everybody's different yeah everybody's starting from a different base you know some people can get into get into ketosis very quickly and get a lot of metabolic um, changes you know some people have healthy hormone levels where a keto diet might not even do anything at all you know um if you are going to try the keto diet you do have a certain limited amount of carbohydrates throughout the day that you can still utilize is there a time that you recommend having those or spreading them out throughout the day well probably the best time is near training you know um probably immediately after training um but on a keto diet you're going to be you know the the hardest part about a keto diet is you know restricting these carbs you know it makes social situations quite hard Mm. you know you can't Hal can't go to his weekend benders with the pizza on the table you know yeah no more super spreader parties for you um <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna rock up with his bag of fat and <laughs> just munch on that. Just fat jello shots with a bit of vodka <laughs> in the middle. Pretty much, but um, you know, where the keto diet is inferior is if you're trying to build lean muscle, right? So you know, it, it performing performance keto a keto diet might have some benefits. Building muscle probably not. Mm-hmm. Losing fat as Lo- long as you're losing fat calories in calories. Pretty. Fat pretty effective and you know it's also pretty rapid um yeah. from what i've seen and what i've experimented with myself that you know when you go on a keto diet you do lose some fat pretty quickly anything else you wanted to cover with the keto diet before we move on there's so much that we could discuss but we're trying to keep it fairly high level today to just give people a, a bit of a broad understanding of what keto is yeah so um one of the one of the interesting things um about keto uh, or keto diet is the interaction with with keto and intermittent fasting yeah a lot of people do these two together yeah that so would be like my worst nightmare i reckon yeah. trying to do those two diets together would be tough well that's really the optimal diet um you know to yeah. uh to promote longevity and um um you know a good um insulin sensitivity so um a lot of people do play around with that you know when you're fasted for like i mentioned for like 72 hours or so you're gonna your body's gonna switch to ketosis as a, as a backup fuel source anyway regardless of um the fats you ate before fasting you know mm. um so, so a normal intermittent fast is basically eating all of your calories throughout the day within what an eight hour period and fasting uh well Sorry. well we'll we'll do an episode on, on we that. should do an we'll episode, do an episode on, inter- on it. intermittent fasting because i know you've experimented with it quite a lot yeah i like to call that time restricted eating and intermittent fasting something else where you don't eat for a whole day or so right yeah but so, yeah. so do you recommend we should do an episode on it but do you recommend people do introduce like a day here and there where they just fast yeah definitely so, a good break for your digestive system uh, and I, I i definitely recommend it it's hard though you know hunger is hard to yeah. deal with <laughs> for a lot of people um but yeah, you know, combining a keto diet and intermittent fasting diet, you're going to, you know, suppress mTOR, 
this um, um, uh, this pathway which uh, triggers uh, muscle growth, right? Yeah. But it's very much associated with longevity. You know, living uh, quite healthily. Suppress suppress your insulin um, spikes. You know, on this, in- it's hard to get insulin peaks when you're not eating anything. Mm. You know, and if you're only eating fat, you're gonna really be in control of that. Um, and it's also probably gonna stimulate this thing called autophagy, where you, you know you get rid of your your weaker cells and uh, turn over um, some cool cells and kill the kill the bad ones, which we'll talk about in the intermittent fasting one. Yeah, nice. Um, you keep bringing up longevity. I feel like he's trying to tell me something. Yeah, well, you know, for these older athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like an older athlete during the week. Honestly, I had a um, uh, a belt grading at jiu-jitsu. And oh, purple I, belt oh, now. Purple, purple belt. <laughs> I, I died. I died in, in this grading. And um, I think, yeah. The bit, every academy does their gradings differently. But what basically happens, we, we did all of our techniques for the night. We then go in and spar, whatever it is, six to eight rounds. But the coach, my coach, um, Grant, basically goes around to sort of some of the people in the academy and it's like, okay, when you're rolling with, with Ross tonight, give him a really hard time. So you've had six, six rolls, five-minute rolls, whatever they are, and by the time you get to that section, you're exhausted because everyone's up, up the intensity of what they normally do. You normally roll, so I, don't, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and 70%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can feel all these people. I'm like wondering why. Why are all these? Why is all my mates coming at me tonight? Like trying to kill me. So by the end of the class, I was absolutely ruined. Mm. Then the grading starts. So basically, they um, you have to demonstrate a whole heap of different self defense techniques, and then they put you in what's called a shark tank, <laughs> um, and it's where pe- different people at the in the academy are selected, and they come out and they have to. You have to start in a certain position, then you have to get out of a bad position or get on top or um, you've got someone with boxing gloves on trying to punch you in the face and you have to sort of clinch and take them down and avoid strikes. And it, But it's just one after the other, after the other, after the other. I was dead before it even started. So I struggled through the whole thing. There's a video of it. Um, I hope it never surfaces, oh, this video. That would be cool to see. <laughs> no, you feel like you're doing okay, but then you watch these videos back and you're like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Sounds m- like some gang, Moving in slow motion. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like almost a- like that. It <laughs> felt like that. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. Been at it for a while now and the whole family's into it. So it's just one of those things. Like to me, belts like in, in martial arts, belts... Honestly, they don't mean a huge amount to me. Like it's it's the long uh, y- when you when you're planning on training for the rest of your life, mm. it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. But when you get them, there's this sense of oh, look how far I've come. Yeah, um, and it's pretty it's pretty cool. And people that train martial arts and go through the grading system, different belts, they'll they'll understand. It's a big achievement. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's cool. It was good. Yeah. What about keto? In the jiu-jitsu world, I, I've heard of a few people that are on it, you know, because of these endurance benefits that they can keep going for longer, specifically in jiu-jitsu where, you know, sometimes that's what, um, you know, you, you need to yeah. get that wall. Well, I, I know I utilized it for a, a bit over a year and I enjoyed it. But, it, yeah, you get – once my body fat got down to a certain level, it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I could either try and introduce more fat into my into the diet to sort of balance out the calories. Um, but I just sort of got to this point where there were periods where I, where I was sort of struggling mm. to bounce out of bed in the morning like I was earlier in the diet. So, And I don't know too many people in the jiu-jitsu world that, that utilize a keto diet. Right, yeah. 
find that not many people know much about nutrition at all <laughs> <laughs> in that um, in that part. But yeah, that was cool. And while we're talking about martial arts, yeah, Rob Whitaker. Wow, oh, I know. Bobby Knuckles is back. Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> So recently, oh, everyone's shit. probably aware, recently Rob had a fight over on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi with Darren Till. Super close fight, mm. super technical fight. And if you talk to Rob, it's like, I think he said after the fight, it was like the most stressful fight he's ever yeah. had. Um, and that was because it, it was so so technical. Like either guy made the tiniest mistake and they'd, they'd capitalise on it and they'd punish you for it. Mm. So both guys had their moments in the fight. But both, I think both guys got knocked down. Both guys scored, yeah, scored knockdowns. Rob showed some different things into his game that we haven't seen in the last few mm. fights. He, he introduced a, a lot more sort of wrestling or he threatened yeah, threatened a lot more with his takedowns. Takedowns at the end were, uh, you know, a big big point in the fight. Yeah, and, and he, he was utilising, he was sort of um, entering with that single leg and then exiting with a with a right hand on, on a lot of times. I, I loved the way he mixed up the fight and, and I'm no one to sort of talk about the way, like he's a world champion, but I, I just love the different elements he brought to his game. It was good to watch. Yeah, he looked so relaxed leading in, like the week of the fight. He, he just, he just looked like in his element. You yeah, know, like he was having some fun in interviews, and and even even after he was laughing, he just seemed like a different. He seemed like the old Rob, yeah. or like he rejuvenated Rob. So it was. It was super good to see. I was like so happy. How stressful was it watching oh, it? Oh, I was so stressed. I can't imagine how stressed Rob was. <laughs> I was shaking. Yeah. I was like, I was more nervous for him than like yeah. if it was me. It was crazy. Yeah, I like fell off the couch you know, when, <laughs> when, he, when he got to caught that elbow in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah. It yeah. was it was an awesome fight. Yeah, and you know uh, all those all those ketones that Darren Till was taking. <laughs> done. <laughs> doesn't look like it had too much of a benefit, you know. Both of them, both of those guys, in incredible conditioning as well, you know, into the fifth round, yeah. both going at it. And um, I look, I love um, Rob's team that he's got around him. Yeah, super solid. They're just they so, seem like they're all in it for Rob. Um, yeah, and they're just yeah. I reckon he's got a, one of the most underrated teams behind him at the moment, and they're probably underrated because of the. Because of where we live, obviously yeah. it's a, it's away from the world stage of the UFC. But man, his team, yeah, are, one are, of the most underrated in the world. Yeah, yeah, they're owed a lot for that as well. And Darren Till needs knee surgery. I saw. Yeah, bust up. Yeah, torn um, one of his ligaments. Yeah. from uh, from that knee stomp. <laughs> and Rob's next fight's already booked for October. Yeah, October against uh, another gorilla. I know. Back to back gorillas. So oh, well, be. he's used to them. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> Um, Jared Cannonier, so that'll be interesting. I'd say he wins if he wins that fight, which I'm, I'm saying he will. Um, Rob, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- title shot for sure. Oh, so exciting right now! The most exciting division in the whole of UFC. Yeah, so that was cool, cool to watch. Have we got any listener questions this week, Hal? We do. Uh, first off, from Harry Barter, and Harry Barter asks: Is there any physical advantage to, <clears throat> to exercising earlier in the day rather <laughs> than later? I'm a, I'm a huge. I love training earlier in the day i mean it 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 can be tough initially but it's one of those things where you get used to it it it, it's actually pretty pretty cool i like training weights earlier in the day obviously because i do jujitsu at night um you do need to make sure that you warm up correctly um that was one a lesson i found out pretty early you you get sort of joint pain tendonitis that's probably because i'm 80 as well Mm -hmm. but um Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, you definitely need longer warm ups, more sort of warm up sets. Um, but I like I like training in the morning. It re- it gives you this invigoration for the day, and you find that your energy levels throughout the day are are just there. Um, yeah, yeah. But it depends what type of training they're talking about. Is it is it is it running? Is it cardio training or is it weight training? Yeah, exactly. So you're that, a nighttime guy. I'm a nighttime guy. You know. Um, what are you gonna do now? Apparently, all the gyms are only open staffed hours now. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, I'll be fine. I'll find a way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, you know, um, they say endurance is probably better for a uh, better suited for morning training because, um, you know, how your nervous system responds throughout the day. Um, you know, if you wake up first thing in the morning, you can't make it first. Like, you know, tomorrow when you wake up, try and make it first in the morning. It'll be like, like a strong fist? It'll be like be ha- weak. A half a fist, you know? Right. And this is why um, they say strength training in the morning is inferior to strength training in the afternoon or evening because, you know... Um, I would agree with that. That's when you get this full, uh, you know, um, neuromuscular recruitment of uh, yeah. of everything. So, um, you know, there's a way around it. You warm up efficiently in the morning. Of course you can. It's still, as someone that trains early in the morning, I, I would agree with you. I think training at night is 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 better especially for weight training. Yeah, but um, for, for but endu- endurance training, they say the opposite, you know, potentially in the morning, uh, you know, when you haven't gone through all this, um, you know, uh, metabolism of the day, you know, when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol levels are very high. Um, that's probably a good time to go for a run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find that if it's too late in the day, though, uh, uh, strength training is gone for me. Mm. By the time your body's sort of starting to wind down, like I know a lot of, like if I was a tradie, like a bricky or whatever, or on concrete or whatever, I would, I would struggle to work a full day and then go to the gym after it. Mm. Like if I'm one of those guys, I'm hundred percent training in the morning while I'm fresh. Yeah. Um, but if I'm an office worker, which, yeah, I think it doesn't really. Mm. I think training in the afternoon would be much better. I feel stronger in the afternoon. Mm. Maybe it's a day worth of calories and but not too late in the afternoon i I find my best time which is not ideal because i work at this time is around 2 to 3 p.m i agree because the pre-workout won't keep you up either yeah Yeah, that's it and 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 not just just the pre-workout exercise itself can you know affect your sleep if you if you work out too late yeah um you know you're still uh still buzzing i posted a video from about seven years ago my first first ever time i deadlifted 220 kilos right yeah. It was How old were you? About nine? <laughs> no, I uh, was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nine. But basically, it was about like 10, 11 at night. And we used to just train in the middle of winter in New Zealand with a door up, all in our hoodies and stuff. Like So gangster. Yeah. It was old school, you know? The, uh, I like that. The yeah, old school, school barbell days. Where was that? That looked like an old dungeon. It was. Yeah. It was literally in a dungeon. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, probably not the best way to train nowadays uh, if you want to have a good sleep and things. But yeah, it's, how, it's how I learned how to lift heavy weights. <laughs> it's crazy. I remember when I first got into training, I, I would train full body every single day. I was like, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> that was when I first got into training. You soon figure it out though. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully that answered the question. Mm-hmm. Probably probably afternoons, nights. Yeah. Nice. So endurance in the morning and muscle building in the afternoon. Yep. yep. Nice. Um, one more question. Paul Brown asks if we have any rituals or ticks that we perform in the gym. Do you have any, Hal? I have a pretty good one, actually. So when I'm when I'm going up for a, to the, on the squat rack, I get both my hands on the thing, and as I'm getting my head and my shoulders under, I, I like do my little happy feet. <laughs> like it, I, as a basketball drill, like you do that and oh, keep yeah. it going. It just like, I don't know, gets me G'd up to get it off the rack and squat down. I've seen people do that. With deadlifting, I know I like... 
when I'm setting the position, I roll the bar back and forth, forward a certain amount of times, and then on the last roll back, it's like, <gasps> go. Yeah. It's just like weird little things. Yeah, well, even for me specifically, a squat bench deadlift, like I would say, you know, oh, you as a powerlifter, powerlifters have the weirdest like <laughs> rituals. I've seen some of your videos because too. To, to get into these positions, like you know, you kind of play around with what works. Like you know, for squats, for example, I'll touch my head on the bar, touch it, touch it on top of my head, touch it on the back of my is head. Is that is that so you're getting the bar in the middle? Because I, I do can, stuff I can, like I can that feel too. That little thing, and then yeah. I just you know do a little shimmy. Um, there's a lot of cues you can use, you know, especially, you know, like deadlifting, for example, I like point my hands down. Heaps of, I heaps, do like a little dance thing. Heaps of powerlifters do that. Yeah. Just go into the deadlift. Like it's like they're already in sort of a locked position or something. Yeah. Well, you know, some people, some people do it so differently. Like they start with these bent arms and things like, um, you know. what about the guys at the gym that do the old, <laughs> like the shadow boxing. Uh, oh, the shadow uh, boxing uh, in the between shadow sets. Yeah. Shadow boxing the um, the the pull down, the tricep yeah. pull down. Oh. <laughs> You're one of those guys that shadow boxes in between sets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just know that the rest of the gym is laughing at but you. Have yeah. you noticed, like, if you don't do those little ritual ritualistic things, you don't get the same kind of yeah. outcome. You get the same performance. If I don't do my little happy feet stutter. I can't lift anywhere near as much. I struggle. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. You develop these over time of training as well. It's just... Yeah, well, in powerlifting, they say, you know, um, treat every weight as it's your max, basically, right? So, um, you know, you start with an empty bar, you do the same rituals. Each each warm-up set until you get to your heavy set, you know, you're not changing it up. You know, you got to treat it all the same and you get, that's how you get into that same good setup each time. It's a good point because a lot of people like earlier in their warm-up sets as well, they're fairly loose with their... Yeah, they don't, don't want to look tech- like they're trying, you know. On, yeah, on like, exactly. they try to make it look easy, but you, you do need to lock your core, lock mm. your sh- like shoulder, depending on what exercise you're doing. Yeah, you should treat it like you have your set. Yeah. I have a question there. If you're, tra- if you're warming up to do um, your max, like you want to do three or four reps of as much weight as you can when you're warming up to that how many reps do you reckon you should be doing do you reckon you should only be doing three or four with a lighter weight or should you be doing like eight to ten it, it depends it it, it it depends um you know with, with powerlifting um it I, I have like eight sets before i get to my working sets really? sometime like you know uh so in powerlifting you'd start higher and then eventually drop right but you'd want to typically um you know you, when it's a very lightweight, you should do something like 10 plus reps just to get your heart rate going, you know. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's not going to fatigue you. You know, it's a balance of getting, not getting fatigued in your warm-up, but being sufficiently warmed up cool. to lift the weights. You And over time, you, you sort of figure it out. Like, what's what's not what going to fatigue you? fatigue me too much? Cool. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, but it's a good it's a good point that you brought up. Nice. Um, Sports news? Sports news. Yeah, yeah, we talked briefly about Rob. Is there any other... That would have been a good segue, actually. But we went yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions. I was too excited. I was yeah. too excited. So yeah. we'll touch on Rob Whitaker. So he won unanimously and the, judge, the judges uh, scored him 48 to 47. Yeah, yeah there was a little bit of debate after the fight. It was obviously a very close fight, but all yeah. three judges had it for Rob. And yeah. you know, Darren Phil's not protesting, you know. He, no. He, 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 Rob, are you, if you look at the, the strike numbers... Yeah. Uh, Rob actually outstruck Till in every single round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think Till landed some some harder shots in some of the rounds, which stole him a couple of rounds. Mm-hmm. But if you look at them afterwards, who looks more damaged? Definitely Darren Till. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was close, but it, yeah. Uh, I think it was an obvious win for Rob, but I'm yeah. biased. Yeah. S- same here, but you know, you never know about this UFC judge. I know some of the yeah some of the judging's been terrible. The portrait that um that Rob posted after the fight with like the, the tape on his nose just looking slightly so epic. Yeah yeah yeah. 
Um, another sports news: uh, AFL headquarters have had to res- um, remind the wives and girlfriends inside the little AFL bubble that they're not on holiday because <laughs> a lot of them have been um, criticised for sunbathing and uh, kind of just taking the piss while their hus- husbands and boyfriends are playing AFL. So I think the AFL allowed wives to be part of the AFL bubble. Obviously, it's important for these yeah. players to have their, their wives and their family around them. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. You know, like they're, they're not the players. They, they should still be able to do things in their life, but then they have to consider that they're... Their exposure obviously impacts the players as well, and then they're going out and playing. So yeah, when there's a bubble in place, I think they need to stay within the bubble. I think mm. one of the wives went to like a day spa for a day, Something and like that, yeah. and they're implementing some fines. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were just um, someone called them out. I can't remember who, just saying you know it's a privilege, not a holiday. Yeah. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Agree. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you look at the NBA, you know all these players are in Disneyland, sacrificing everything just yeah. to. They're um, living in Disneyland. Yeah. They can't go on rides. Yeah. It's, it's, like it's, a, it's the only place big enough to house everybody. Yeah. 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 But, you know, then there's a couple of players that have been caught partying. That's, um, that's next news. Oh, that's, oh uh, what, what's happened? We better so, get into it then. So, so what, what's happening for concept, uh, for context, sorry, is so all these NBA players are in a bubble um, in Orlando. And uh, if, any, if any of them have to leave for whatever reason, when they come back in to play, they have to serve isolation for 10 days. And um, uh, Lou Williams in particular, who's uh, six man of the year several times, he's playing for the, the Clippers right now. He was under fire because he apparently left to go to a strip club and pick up some uh, some. And he wings. posted it on social media. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Oh, These God, young, rich basketballers. Well, he's an experienced just... play- basketballer, so you'd oh, think, well, you know. He's bad. He's like 30-something yeah. years old. That's young to me, mate. Everything's young to me. They're, yeah, it's... I don't know. It must be these guys live a rock star life. Yeah. yeah. So to go from a rock star life to in into a bubble overnight, mm-hmm. like they just and some of these guys are crazy. Like you, anyone that's watched The Last Dance knows that just Rodman There's used no to. T- Rodman, though. Yeah, <laughs> Rodman used used to take off. And no one knew yeah. where he was. Like these guys probably need a release. Whether that's the right release or not, that's debatable. <laughs> yeah. But it's um. Yeah. Well, you're I getting think, paid enough money to yeah exactly you know, chill yeah. out in Disneyland. Put up with it. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of debate going on at the moment across multitude of sports. I've noticed mm-hmm. in tennis, there's some um, sort of heated debate with uh, Nick Kyrgios and a few of the other players. The US Open, yeah. US Open, whether they play or not. <sighs> Look, I don't know. It's down to the sport and it's down to the individual. Yeah. They don't have to participate in an event. I know Australian um, number one tennis player Ash Barty has, has chosen not to participate in really? the US Open. Mm. She's copping a whole heap of heat for that. That's the number one player in the world. Yeah. You know, some sports are doing it quite well, though, like the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, they finished that season, um, you know, without without any incident. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, we'll see how the NBA goes. Yeah. And a whole lot of the season left to go, and I'm super excited that it's back. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got UFC Fight Island, which just does it on another level. Those guys are testing basically every day. Mm. Like, it's it's crazy the, the protocols they've p- they put in place to guarantee um, safety. Yeah. So I think, it, yeah... Yeah, it's a bit reckless, some of these guys, but they're young and they got a lot of money and, you know, we all did some stupid shit when we were young. Exactly. I still do some stupid oh, well. stuff. <laughs> what else is happening? Well, on the other side of the fence there, I had an article about how um, uh, NRL fans are getting a bit out of control. There are some images from the weekend about the, st- uh, the 
the stadium's just been packed yeah. with fans. No social distancing or anything. Up in Queensland, where you know you're still meant to be following social distancing rules. Mm. Um, it's not like New Zealand where there no more social distancing and packed stadiums are ac- acceptable now. It's. Uh, I feel everyone's become a lot more relaxed, and that's probably what's contributing to this yeah. big second wave coming through. Whether you're a People want it to be over, but it's not over. There's a difference. It's not over, and uh, we could go on and debate all day about this. It's probably yeah, <laughs> not the right forum. We've had this conversation about ten times over the weekend. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. It's probably not even worth jumping into yeah. it. Just no. I mean, for a short period of time, like, and all these anti-maskers in in Victoria are coming out now. There's been like 170 people arrested and fines are being issued. It's just silly. Yeah, yeah like I'll probably Thanks. cop shit. And I'm not. I'm, I'm all for freedom and whatever you want to do, but for a short period of time, if it means wearing a mask yeah. when you go out, just wear a mask. The stupidest shit. Is ever. it that hard? Like, if you're cold, you put on a jumper, right? Yeah. Like, you don't complain about. Oh, they're making me wear a jumper. Oh. Like, you just do stuff just because it's for the best of the whole community. I think it's selfish, actually. Yeah. yeah get, I'm getting fired up now. I actually think it is a oh bit no. selfish. Yeah. What about the people that are saying, oh, it restricts, it produces too much carbon dioxide. I was like, oh my uh, God, that's the stupidest shit I've know, ever you heard. Know how to get people to get wear masks? we got to start making them. Some Masashi merch masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might be on the cards, yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is, I mean, for if it means wearing a mask when you go out for a few weeks, a yeah. couple of months, just do it. I agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. You don't have to wear it when you're at home. Like yeah. Get home, take it off. That's it. Yeah, so easy. Like it's All this stuff about, oh, it's, it's my freedom. It's my rights. It's okay, like, Ross. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Last piece of sports news. Okay. Uh, yeah. Formula One, which we haven't discussed in a while, I don't think. There was a bit of mayhem in the last race with um, Hamilton finishing first on three wheels. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting. Did, did you he? hear about this? Yeah. No. Third wheel. So in the when did it come off? On the last lap, it completely deflated. He must have lap. been that far ahead. Oh, he was. He finished five point nine seconds ahead, yeah. and he was. He wasn't even that close to the finish line. Yeah. Really. It was like the beginning of the first lap. He had a f- quite a few corners to go. Imagine driving one of those cars yeah. with three wheels. Mad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. But Lewis Hamilton, Lewis, he's he just on another level now. You know, he is. He's just, he, he is su- superstar. He's got his eighty seventh win of the season. 91 is the record. I don't know how many races are left though. Yeah. I like Lewis Hamilton. He's like yeah. he's pretty flamboyant for a, he's for a driver. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just watched the highlights of the British Grand Prix uh, today as well. Another one. Seven British Grand Prix uh, never been done before. So pretty cool. Insane. That's why. Um, so this in this in this game. I'm sorry. In this race. So there were a collision in the first lap, where um, Alex Albon has been blamed by stewards and penalised five seconds which I think occurs in his next race because yeah. he was wiped out. This was the race before. Was it? There was another race last night. Oh, I yeah. know that. And <laughs> T- Tyrion's across every yeah, single sport ever. Yeah. Look at you Yeah, and then uh, Daniel Ricciardo matched the best ever Renault finish. Yeah. interesting. Pretty cool. Aussie, yeah? Yeah. So. I know. We need more. I'm surprised there's not more Aussies at that top level. Like we've got a long racing history here. Yeah, but yeah we're pretty has been playing Need for Speed since. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm into Mario Carmelo. Yeah, he'd be um, Grand Theft Auto guy for sure. Oh, yeah, as close as he gets to racing a car. Living Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. So that's all sports to- topics. Mm-hmm. Dieran, have you got a um, have you got a 
cool Masashi quote for it. This guy. I think we've got a. Uh, oh, athlete quote. Athlete quote. You first. are so bad at that. Yeah. I, I got the last one. The last one was Charles Barkley. I will uh, never no, no, forget. No, I mean, you're so bad at remembering what we have to do in the podcast. Oh, mate, <laughs> the that's, that's, yeah, that's dementia. That's your job, it's Al. It's a different order every week. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. I like this one. Some pay, some pay to see me win. Some pay to see me lose. But they all pay. Oh, I know. I'm going to guess. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Money Mayweather. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, That's a pretty good quote. Yeah, pretty cool quote. Uh, yeah. We, have, uh, we have another quote from old mate Miss Miyamoto Musashi. <laughs> this is where Floyd Mayweather gets all his quotes from too. Yeah, we'll never run out. Musashi just spoke w- in quotes. So. He did. Um, a whole book of quotes. He could yeah. not a conversation. <laughs> mm. I'm waiting for you to bring your book of quotes out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The, the Masashi quote for the day is Perceive that which cannot be seen with the eye So, you know, perceive that which cannot be seen with the eye You know, we're talking about a keto diet It might seem counterintuitive to be eating all this fat But, um, you know, understand that there's other things under the, under the hood that are going on That are, you know, giving you all these metabolic benefits And, um, you know, might be making you, uh, you know, lose fat Improve uh, aerobic performance but you know you're eating fat, so it might might be a bit of a of a uh, you know. What was it again? Say the quote. Perceive that which cannot be seen by the eye. Ooh, it's interesting in this community as well. That I, I relate that to um, like bodybuilders. While they look fit, health like a lot of these bodybuilders look fit, healthy, mm. strong. A lot of them can't walk up a set of stairs without having a heart attack. Like yeah, like yeah. There's a lot of fake fit. Yeah, yeah. fake fit. Yeah. There. You look fit, but you're not fit. There you go. Masashi with wisdom once again. Is it better to be stronger than you look or to look stronger than you are? Ooh. Depends. I'm somewhere in the middle. I say it's better to be stronger than you look. Yeah, I reckon But too. I'm a powerlifter, so <laughs> I'm biased. Yeah. Some of the strongest guys don't look strong at all. Well, <laughs> they don't. They don't. A lot of these um, powerlifters surprise me, actually. Yeah. They, um, yeah, so I think that is it. We've covered the keto topic. We might post up a few links in in the show notes mm-hmm. um, of so where people can find some more information. If you do have any further questions, hit us up at Masashi Podcast at Masashi.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. And we'll get back to you. Hopefully, you know, we did some justice to this keto diet. Um, you know, explain ketosis, these ketones. Um, you know, try it out. That's the best way to learn about it, though. I recommend know. everyone try try every diet and see what works for you. Yeah, maybe if you're, uh, you know, not an uh, uh, Olympic athlete that uh, has a lot to lose, but you know, if you're a regular person, trying it out <laughs> has, you know, little little to lose, and uh, you know, you might experience some good benefits. And if, if even if it doesn't work for you, you'll learn more about your body in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll probably get lean too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that'll do us. Cool, Masashi out. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>